Welcome to episode 92 of the Muck Podcast, an affiliate of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Dockery. Hillary. Hi. Hi. So a couple things. This is going to be a lot in the front of this episode. A lot. So um, I don't know if it's happening right now, but our sound last week was really annoying to me. Um, it's it was the roadcaster. Off, it was off a little. Yeah, it's at off. hashtag roadcaster at roadcaster. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah, something's off. We I spent some to... money on this uh, equipment, yo. Yeah, not even a year, yo. Yeah, I had to reset it, and I did a lot of tests this week, and it was working. And so we did a test this morning, and it seems like it's working. So Fingers I'm going to try to stay back away from the mic, <laughs> and hopefully, it's not gonna fuck up because we have a little muck to do right here after this yes an amazing little muck yeah that you guys are gonna love so i apologize about that i hope it's not doing it again um that was embarrassing and i hate it i hate that so much um i have a couple things to clear up oh first of all on the last episode it sounded as if i don't know who (laughs) (laughs) as if i don't know who susan b anthony is that's, that's not the case. That's not the that's fucking not case. The case. And you, my I love, stop I know. And when I listened back to it, when it came out Wednesday, I was fucking in tears and I was rewinding it and listening to it. And you were like, SOS, SOS. I was fucking dying. So here's the thing. A couple things. First well, of I, all, I think that because Trump was associated with it, it yeah, threw everything it off. Well, there's like a lot of weight. Yes. I was confused by that. Yes. I was like, maybe Tina got the name wrong. Yeah. Maybe this is, there's no way that this would have happened. Also, I had a bit to drink. The yes. whiskey was strong that night. Yeah, friend. it was. And also, the way that I phrased the question, what did she do? It made it sound like, <laughs> like who is Susan B. Anthony? No. What I meant to say is like, what did she do wrong, right? Like, I didn't even, uh, I didn't put it together that she was arrested <laughs> for voting. Right. Okay, so... That, let's just okay, make that fucking okay. clear. Yeah, come on, guys. I know who Susan yes. B. Anthony is. How dare, how dare all of you think uh, otherwise? You should say that to yourself. First I know. Because you <laughs> thought I did not know Susan. I'm listening to him like, this bitch should have my back right now. She doesn't think I, I know who Susan B. Anthony laughing. is. I that's number stop one. Laughing. I mean, that's the first thing. I was like, this is some bullshit right now. But it was hilarious. <gasps> it was hilarious. It was hilarious. We did. We were drinking. Yeah, which we are again right now. We it's 10.30 in the morning, and I've got something in my coffee. Frangelica. Oh, hi. Hi. Yes. That's, I was going to say something really dirty right now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Call me Frangelica. Oh. Okay, anyway. Um, hey, bitch, guess what? What? I just got back from Detroit. <gasps> it was. It looked amazing. Let me say something. Music, food. Like oh, you, my God. You, like, did everything. The weather was incredible. Now... It seems like it's about to turn, <laughs> like it's about to get really fucking cold in Detroit. But when I was there, like you don't need a jacket. You're Ooh. walking around. It's like 65, <gasps> 70 during the oh, day. Oh, see, that's cold. It was absolutely beautiful. But it looked I, like Chris. It looked like Christmas. Oh, it was just clear skies, bitch. And I walked from the night that I went to the show, which was Monday night. I walked from my hotel to the venue. It was. I looked at my map and it said 30 minutes, and I was like you know what? I'm doing it. And I walked to the venue. It was fucking gorgeous. You know, the Detroit that I've always heard about was like crime and like trouble and like, don't go. It's scary. Yeah. 
they've done a lot to this city, which apparently is a real, was a real thing. Like the, yeah. from the, from the inside sources I have now in Detroit, that, <laughs> that was a real thing. And the city has really made an effort to like turn it around yeah. and like make it tourists like friendly, I guess. It is gorgeous. It's Michigan a beautiful is be- city. Michigan is a beautiful yeah. state. Well, everybody I talked to was like, you need to go up north. You need to yeah. go see these, you know, whatever. That's so, the place to, P.S. Yeah. In the middle of a cr- climate disaster, uh-huh. that's the place to go live. Oh. Because they have those lakes up there. They have access to fresh water. Oh. So when the world is coming to an end, all those folks, yeah. they're going to be they're gonna be in the prime position. But it's going to be, do you, do you don't think it'll be like, um, what's that television show, show um, The Walking Dead, where people are going to be guarding that lake and they get the... Oh, uh, yeah. Knows, so the climate, the, the climate refugees from Florida, us, yes. will have nowhere to go. Yeah. And we're going to hope that our friends in Michigan say, no, 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 we'll, 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 we'll get yeah. you in. Oh, yeah. From Florida, we're going to make it up there. Yeah. I yeah. won't make it out of I won't make it out of Palm Beach County. Yeah, we'll get one of those little boats. Oh you my know? God, you're crazy. The, 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 you know, you we'll are make crazy. It. We'll make it. But um, I got to meet two of our podcast, our pod's know, family members. That was amazing. So you know how much I love the Cardassian oh show. Oh my god, I love that show so much. And I met Rob and Joe <gasps> from the Cardassians. Yay! <laughs> I didn't get to meet Nick, who you know I feel like is totally mistreated on that show, and he needed a big hug from me. Oh, yes, I love you, Nick. I'm so sorry I didn't Nick. get to meet you, but Rob was there, and Joe, and Rob's son. It was awesome. That's really it was awesome. cool. Yeah, so really, really. Of course, cool. you know, if you get to sit down with, like, your favorite podcast show, yeah. like, all I'm doing is sitting here, like, little girl, and I was like, <laughs> so when do you guys do this, and what do you think about, you know, they only, they, they are only covering Deep Space Nine, so they have, like, a year left of shows. And yeah, I'm but like, I what feel do you like, no, but that? they have such a great rapport. Yes, and they're going to find something else. They, well, they have to. They have One, to. they could just. Just can't stop. Listen. Yeah. They can jump on and do original Star Trek. They could yeah. do Next Generation. Yes. They could do the movies. They, yes. There is so much they could do. They could yeah, go this is their and plan. just tour uh, the Comic-Con, like, Star Ooh, Trek junkie yes. people. Like, there's so much they can do. They want to go to a Star Trek, like, the Comic-Con in yeah. Chicago next year. Yes. They're talking about that. Um, but yeah, so I think I just found that like fascinating where I was, they're like, yeah, we just had like another year left. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with yeah. myself? No, like, they I have, have to, to have Cardassian. Okay. So yeah, guys, you have to keep going. Oh, they have, yeah, keep they the are, same, they are, yeah. you know, to, to do some little play on the name, like, you know, um, I oh, don't no, know. They're going to keep the name. They're keep like, the yeah, name. Yeah, they're like, like, fuck it. They're going to do but, the you know, same. continuing or, yeah. or something, grab yes. something from one of those Star Trek yes. titles and add it to the bottom or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, anyway. It just the reason I love podcasts is because when you listen, like independent podcasts, yes. these are real people. Oh, and P.S. Like, oh, wait a minute. Let me finish my thought. Real okay. Quick. They, they, uh, you know, you're getting to know these yes. people. And so when you meet them in real life, it's like you, you know them, which is so weird by the yes. way, but I'm like, because, because you're hearing their natural conversation. Yeah. It's not super scripted. Yeah, and know? I feel like because we were on their show, I kind of feel like I know them yes. too. So that was so much fun. So thank you guys. I know it was a scramble. Like it was a last minute, like trying to figure out schedules and racing yeah, around. I had to drive awesome. out I to see that. them. But oh, I was, was it far from? No, 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 not far. Like maybe a 20 minute drive, but it was easier for me to go than for the both of them to come into the city. Yeah. So it wasn't a big deal. And I was so glad that I did it. It like made my trip go up by Aww. like a thousand. It was a fa- fantastic. So I thank you it. for taking your time to meet me. And if you ever come to Florida, oh my God, come to my house, swim in yes. my pool. Like, <gasps> let's go. Podcast party. Oh, podcast party, podcast bitch. Yes. Party. Yes. So I wanted to say yes. uh, with the good pods, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because they are part of Good Pods, and Good Pods is like another way that you can listen to a podcast, and some of our other uh, affiliates from Odd Pods Media Network are on there, and so I put us on there, and we we joined the Odd Pods group and all of that. But I was like, oh, let me see. Let me click on our category. We are... Number one uh, in government <laughs> indie, and we are, I think, two or three in all of them on the char- on the good parts chart oh, out shit. of like all the shows, and then indie um, shows were numero uno. Yeah. Okay. Just hi. Let me say something to all. <laughs> let me let me let y'all know how this works. Okay. Tina texts me pages and pages. <laughs> where I'm reading about halfway through, and I go, uh, I know she put so much into this text, I but know. I gotta say. We got to talk about this in person yes. because she has ideas upon ideas. She just wants to just do this for a living. And yes. I totally understand. Yes. It's almost like you have to put us in front of one person. Yes. Help Who us is out. that person? Guys, help us out. Yes. Share. Just tell one or two friends about us. Yes. That's all. Yes. One or two friends. Say, hey, here's a quick link. Yeah. You, you text all day. <laughs> Send a link to somebody. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Next thing is yesterday we participated in the Fort Lauderdale, Florida Reproductive Rights March. Yes. Um, they had them all across. I think they said 16 counties in Florida, but it was everywhere across the country. Yeah, every state. Yeah. Every single because state had all, at least one march, yeah. which is great. It was great, yeah. Uh, you know, it was very well organized by Emma Cullum and Jasmine Rogers. I'm so glad uh, that we were part of that. It was a well-oiled machine. Yeah, it was Everything perfect. Was it could not have run more smoothly. Yeah. Everybody had a task. Yeah, everybody completed their task, mm-hmm. and it just and was seamless. You know, just because Tina and I were working at that march doesn't mean we stopped being podcasters. Because I believe his name is Steve Busquet. He's one of Hell the columnists yes. and writers for the Sun Sentinel. He walks up to the water table wh- where we were, and he was like to get water, and I immediately was like. Oh, hi, aren't you from the Sun Sentinel? Like, hey, we would love to have you on the podcast. And start talking shit to him about their endorsements, who they've been endorsing. And I don't know. They've endorsed, they endorsed Omari Hardy, the representative yes. of Omari Hardy for the District 22, the Congressional District 22 race to replace Alcee Hastings, which was uh, yeah, mean, not uh, a surprise to me, but also there's so many people. Like, so how do you pick one that, person in that in race? That race. I'm, I am ex- so excited to see what happens there. I'm I'm excited and I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous about um, the Broward County Commission replacements. Oh, I don't care about that. Uh, I, I just, think I just whoever whoever that dick's gonna put in there, they're gonna get voted out anyway. Yeah, I know. I just don't. I, it just. I, don't I know. know. Well, listen. What are you gonna do? We have yeah. it's Democrat heavy. We're okay if one fucking Republicans in there. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying. But the march was fantastic. I really appreciated all of the people who were there. Um, so many my people fear, showed up. They did. But my fear is that, you know, the performative activism that happens at these things when, you know, you have amazing speakers and they're telling you, like, here's what we need you to yes. do. Um, I don't know if that happens. Like when right. they're saying, what like, is the this is not the end. Yeah. This is not the, this is not, this isn't the beginning of what we need you to do. So, uh, Florida, we don't have any power here. So uh, this will pass this year oh it's a hundred percent and uh, and even if we I don't know it's exhausting I feel like even if we go to Tallahassee all the things that we do I don't know what kind of difference it's going to make yeah. and and I think we've talked about or we talked to someone recently maybe it was um rep uh, Bartleman yes who said you know the language isn't even going to change in that bill because no. there's so 
they're in such a position of power and in the majority that yeah. they don't even have to do an edit. I mean, I saw the dumbest fucking tweet ever this morning. It was thousands and thousands of people marching in Texas yesterday and uh, probably at the Capitol. And it said a, a video of them just walking in these streets like from above. And it was it was incredible the amount of people who showed up. But it's the tweet was, are you scared now, Greg Abbott? And I thought to myself, that's the governor of Texas. Yeah. He'll get the dumbest in. fucking thing I've ever yeah. heard. Even if he gets out of office, he's done what he's wanted yeah, to it's do. Over. Good luck. And, and he's, he's not going to get voted things, out. That's the thing. Protests don't scare them. They don't have, they have, they have nothing to lose here. So it's, 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 it's not like we're the Parkland kids who well, come up and they change. They, 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 they didn't vote on something that the year that that happened, but the next following session, they put in what they wanted right. because the Parkland kids not that they didn't show up, but it wasn't the mass numbers right after the shooting right. in Parkland. So, uh, you know, it doesn't they matter. They can buy their time. Of course they will. Yeah. Of course they will. So, I don't know. I, I and, and, I mean, look at it. We had in January the, you know, the inaugural uh, Women's March that happened, right, in 2017. Yeah. And those midterm elections in 2018 – yeah. Right. Look at the state of Florida. Yes. And and people showed up all over the state of Florida. People showed up in D.C. But mm -hmm. so you're right. Like, I, like, what are they say? They're going to go, OK, yeah, all these people are going to come and scream. But we know that we still are going to win in the in, in, the, right. in the voter box. I mean, a lot of women yesterday from the stage elected were apologizing to the women in the audience who had marched for this in 1973, right? They're like, we, we stand on your shoulders. We we took our eye off the ball. I mean, it's not even just about reproductive rights. Democrats have taken their eye off the ball for every fucking election right. in the last two decades in this state. That's why we are where we are. That's right. why. And Nikki Freed was there yesterday and was fucking incredible. Oh, my God. Amazing. It blew that motherfucker up. And I was like, you know what? She, I, she can, and that I, crowd was excited. Listen, I think excited she, I, for her. I really believe she can win. I think she can win, too. I really do. And she said any fucking abortion legislation comes across her desk she's going to veto it i mean that is the number yes. one reason we need to elect there her. we go she will stop all of this bad legislation we're not going to be able to flip house and senate seats enough to have power there we need right. the governor's mansion that's a one race where Ooh. we can stop this motherfucking Ooh. shit Thank we God. have to get it we have to okay all right a couple one more thing so today in the sun sentinel my lovely co-host. Oh, God, no. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Tina Jaramillo. Hi. Who I love Aww. dearly. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know how this happened, but she wrote uh, about surviving breast cancer. So it's been a year since it's your diagnosis. A, yeah, it's almost a year. The surgery was October 22nd, so it's yeah. almost a year, which, which is, is crazy. It's crazy. It's especially crazy. because I remember even months after you, you saying like, why, when is this going to end? Because it's not just the surgery and like everything goes away. Yeah. Like you have tests upon tests. Like you're just, everything's like on Test, the edge. Side of it. It's yeah. yeah. But, uh, I will never forget those phone calls of like, uh, they found something and you're crying and then you go to another doctor and I know I'm waiting for that call from you and you're crying. And I don't know if the crying is, it starts crying. And I'm I like, know. okay, <laughs> is it crying happy or crying sad? And it was never yeah. It was never what I thought it was going to be. It was always like, nope, it's cancer. Nope, yeah. I have to have surgery. Nope, it's, it's I have to do it. It's crazy. It's fucking, it was insane. And I, uh, I can't, I've said it before on here and I will say it again. You are just one of the bravest, strongest women I've ever met in my entire life. And it wasn't just that you were healthy that you got through it. Your positive attitude that got you through that, Tina, was incredible. It was incredible. 
I've said it. If I, I if know. I got diagnosed with breast cancer, just dig a hole in the backyard, no. throw me in, <laughs> no. throw me in the hole. My no. titties, no, no. <laughs> You're incredible. Oh, thank so you. It's a testament to the love of your family, the support that you had around you. Well, your you guys strength. were so like just everyone bringing me food, just coming to see me. It, it was. We kept podcasting yes. for fuck's sake. We kept recording. I podcasts. know. I know. Because I was like, I have to keep going. I I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't want this to. I didn't want to wallow in it. Yeah. You know. I'm like, I can't wallow in it. Like, fuck it. I gotta keep going. Like, I got. I got too much shit to do. Yeah. We gotta still burn the state to the ground. I mean, oh my god, you that, know? that was it. That was the thing. It was twenty twenty, and you said to me, "I gotta go vote." Yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you, when you got diagnosed, the first thing the you first did thing was change your voter registration so yes. that you could get the ballot at yes, your house because I was you might worried. Not get to the fucking yeah. polls. I was like, I gotta make that sure that is the dedication <laughs> we need from yeah. voters in yes. Florida. Is like your life or death. Yes, I'm gonna make sure I fucking yes. Because I'm like, who the hell? What if I don't wake up out of this oh fucking my. thing? I can't, Tina, I gotta Jesus cast my vote. <laughs> These stupid fuckers don't show up oh and Tina's my. like, I don't know, I might die. So maybe I should vote. <laughs> my vote will count, damn yes, it. bitch. Oh, oh my so God. So anyway, I, uh, I'm so proud of you. And the Aww. fact that you're even talking about it and like it's encouraging to other survivors, you know that. Yeah. You've read so much and like join those groups and well, like help yeah, you. I, I really think, I really, really, really believe that um, you just have to Take it one step at a time. And yeah. I think that was the other thing that helped me. I had one of these, like, uh, you know, uh, I had a breast, they're called a, uh, the nurse navigator, and then you have, like, a social worker. You have all these people. And when I met with the social worker, and he helps you with, like, how do you talk to your job to, to make sure they give you the time off you need, like, all these things to help protect you mm-hmm. and your job and whatever. And he said, you got to take it one day at a time. Yeah. He's like, if you look at this you're going to be too overwhelmed. So I was like, okay, that's how I'm going to do it. And I just made a list. It was like, what's the first thing? That's the only thing I'm focusing on. Okay, check. That's done. Move on to the next. Yeah. Because otherwise it's, it's too much. Yeah. But I did have, I mean, I had breakdowns. I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Cause you were worried about your babies. Oh, my babies. And, uh, I, I just, I can't even believe it's been a year. I know. I, it's 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 I amazing. just can't wait to be like it's been 10 years motherfucker. Yeah. Like that's what I, I can't want. wait for that too. Like that's what I'm I'm just I want to Hopefully we'll be doing that from our mansions. <laughs> Tina is so obsessed with like <laughs> we're going to monetize this we fucking ha- podcast. Well, you know, I'm, and then we don't even need to be filthy rich. We just want to yeah. make a living, yo. That would be nice. Come on. That would be nice. Help some sisters out. Yes. All right, oh well, listen, All right. we got a little muck got- coming up today, a very exciting <gasps> little muck. I'm so excited for it. Yes. So let's get into it. Let's what is get- your, your first, right? Let's go. Today, Yes. I'm going to tell you the story of the Tuskegee <gasps> syphilis study. <gasps> this is, uh, hey, go. I, you have what? no idea how weird this is going to be. Go ahead. <gasps> it's so close to my story, but go oh ahead. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh-oh, okay. uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay, so. Back in 1932, the U.S. Public Health Service, which is a government agency, along with the Center for Disease Control, funded and started a study to measure the impact of syphilis on untreated black patients. Mm. But even when a remedy was discovered in the 1950s, the department sought to prevent treatment, they said. I mean, that... 
this story, it, it's too much. I know. And I want to say, like, I understand that I am coming from a place of privilege to sit and talk about this, but I feel like it's still important that we understand what our government has done to people in yeah. our country. And why people today still color, don't, yes. don't want to get the vaccine right. because of shit like this. Yes. Yeah. And, and who can blame anyone? No, I mean, not me. So our story takes place in Tuskegee, Alabama, specifically at what was then the Tuskegee Institute. According to Ada McBean's article, uh, 40 Years of Human Experimentation in America, the Tuskegee Study, the original purpose of the study uh, was to uh, look at the impacts of untreated syphilis on the black population. But what the U.S. Health Department and the CDC failed to do was to inform the participants of the study that they indeed had syphilis. Mm. So these are men who don't even know that they have this disease, right? And as McBean outlines in her article, in 1932, researchers asked 600 black men from Macon, Alabama, to participate in the study, and they were told that we're just examining the effects of bad blood. Mm. So these men, I think, may have known, like, they're not feeling well or whatever it is, and we're going to look at this bad blood, but they don't tell them this is the disease that you have. Right. I want to give some background So and think about why would me medical experts, right, doctors who take an oath, Right, with the, the Hippocratic Oath, which is the very first thing is first do no harm, right. engage in medical practices that would be harmful to human beings. So, of course, it's 1932, so racism. Mm -hmm. and, but just it's not just standard hatred. According to Alan Brandt's review, he talks about social Darwinism and how that belief in social Darwinism contributed perhaps to why this study kind of even was allowed to move forward. So I want to give a little brief overview. So again, we are the muck. We are not history class, but I want to kind of be super brief and just like if you don't know what social Darwinism is, just to kind of define it. So when we think of Darwinism, we think of the theory of evolution and survival of the fittest and all of that, um, which, uh, you know, Darwin... Um, developed way back in the 1800s, and that was biological, right, um, in the sense uh, with plants and animals, right? So an animal develops scales to help defend itself. A species gets extinct because of who knows what, right? right? There we go. Social Darwinism is same. It's the same idea, but it's applied to the human race, and not just the human race as a whole, but different aspects of the human race, right? Groups, races, mm. things like that. And history.com offered a really succinct definition. So I'm just going to give that, which is, it's, quote, the idea that certain people become powerful in society because they are innately better. Mm. Social Darwinism has been used to justify imperialism, racism, eugenics, and social in Jesus. inequality at various times over the past century and a half. Right. So this idea um, that was going on at the time, Brandt makes the connection to the syphilis study, and he explained that at the time, scientists believed that black people were, quote, prone to disease, vice, and crime, and that they could not be helped by education or philanthropy. Jesus. And scientists and doctors went so far to even claim that freedom, right, that slaves being free is what had caused this deterioration of the minds <laughs> of black people. Ooh, Can you imagine that's that? Interesting. That the minds and morals of black people were impacted because now they had freedom, mm. and that it, it, it was causing a deterioration. 
Jesus. It's disgusting. It's like insane. Like they're, and it's because they're afraid. Yeah. Right. They're afraid that now people have freedom. They have access to all the things that you have access to and they don't want that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, it's insane to me. Well, so, it's a hop, skip, and a jump to they should be enslaved again so that they can, uh, right. none of these issues exist And this anymore. is, that's the white power stru- structure, right? Like when we talk about dismantling white supremacy mm-hmm. and all, it's that idea, yeah. right? That they have this, this belief. Um, and it's been, it, it's been floating around for decades and decades and decades. It's mm. insane to me. So syphilis, according to Brandt, was of a particular interest because it was an STD. Right. And that connects to sex. Right which is a threat to white society, mm. right? Because there was this fear that black men would desire white women and, you know, we can't have that. And that was all solidified by that film, which is, when I say like Birth of a Nation is an important film, I don't mean like it's important, like yay, rah, rah, rah. I mean, it's important because it demonstrates a time in America that this was put out in theaters and it's demonstrating like this, this, creation of the fear of the black man because in that movie Mm -hmm. it's uh you know the women are running away and we have to protect our women from black men right yes and so all of that is happening around all the same time Mm -hmm. so it kind of makes sense that then they wouldn't have any pause in doing a study like this because there's this mindset that's happening in the country that was sort of that. And that film came out in 1915. This study is 1932, Jeez. right? So it's very close. I mean, I guess, time. but also like that long, it's perpetuating. Yes. You know what I mean? That's a long time. Yes. It's crazy. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, there are about 600 men in the study beginning in 1932. So out of those 600, Elizabeth Nix writing for history explained that 399 of those men had syphilis and 201 were free of syphilis and acting as the control group. Okay. And so why would these men be willing to participate in the study to begin with? So not only are they told about the bad blood, but these are poor men. Many of these men were sharecroppers in Alabama who had no access to health care. Most had never seen a doctor in their life. Wow. And Nix writes that in exchange for their participation, they received free medical care. And the, so the re- researchers are dangling this carrot, right? Like, hey, we're doing this study. You'll get free health care. Um, and according to Tuskegee and the Health of Black Men, uh, Alslin and Wanamaker said that they were also given free food. And they were also told, hey, you know, uh, if you die or when you die, we'll pay for your burial plot. So they are, they're incentivizing them mm. to participate. And they're thinking, wow, they're doctors. It's happening in the Tuskegee Institute, which is a historically black private institution. Wow. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, so, it's, it's, it's so bad. So bad. It's terrible. So how were the men treated? So the point um, of the study, again, is to trace the effect of deliberately untreated syphilis okay right so like that word deliberately like that we're going to deliberately not treat syphilis and see what happens over time which is crazy yeah so they give them no medication isn't this painful yes i'm going to get into like what syphilis is in a in a little bit but so instead of giving them like medicine or anything they give them aspirin they give them placebos and um, the other important thing to note is that the original study was supposed to last only six months. Instead, it lasted 40 years. So these what? men were participating in the study for 40 years. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, Alston and Wanamaker said the study officially ended in 1972. Holy 
Holy shit. Yeah. 40, 40 years. years. So this is what happens in the body when syphilis is left untreated. Right. And this is according to the CDC, and I'm going to be brief well the cdc don't know shit tina yeah don't i mean know? they don't know where's my horse tranquilizer <laughs> bullshit you, so, by the way did you see all these the story about all these chickens these oh. chickens all have worms now they oh, can't because fuck, there's no medicine yes these Great. farmers are running their, their their fucking farms are being devastated yeah by who worms. are the farmers going to vote for now though yeah that's who are you going to okay, vote for now okay but like how fucking dumb are people right people it's it's insane you know what put worms in their chicken is what i say yeah well i eat chicken I, damn it well, I don't. <laughs> I guess I got to get back on that vegetarian train. Dang. I, so there are four stages to syphilis, and it can last from days to weeks to months to years. Oh, my God. And it's known as the great pretender because it can mimic other diseases. Oh, my gosh. So the primary stage. That sounds fun. Yeah. The first stage typically lasts three to six weeks, and it's basically, and it's gross, like there's basically like an ulcer. And if it's less left untreated, uh, it moves on to the secondary stage. And that's where rashes start to appear, uh, swollen lymph nodes, a sore throat, headache, fatigue, hair loss, headache, weight loss, muscle aches, right? So that could, who knows what that is? If you're feeling tired, you have a headache, like you may not know that's connected to um, an STD, well, right? maybe they don't know, but the fucking people but, doing oh, experiment Oh, of course know. they know. Jesus the third stage is called the hidden stage, and this is where the syphilis can lie dormant, no signs, no symptoms, nothing, and that can last for years. So someone can have, like, the first two stages, and then it seems like, oh, everything is fine, and now you're going for years with no trace in your body that anything is wrong. And then there's the fourth stage, which is the rare stage if it's left untreated. So 10 to 30 years after the initial infection, it can be fatal, and this is where the brain, nerves, eyes, heart, blood vessels, liver, bones, and joints mm. can all be impacted, and Jeez. it can cause things like blindness, paralysis, no. and insanity. No. And if left untreated for too long, the d- damage that's done is typically permanent. Oh, my God. So, but the disease is treatable, right? So if they could treat it in the first stage, then people aren't tw- yeah, 10, 20, the, 30 years down the line. that's the experiment right? we're doing. <laughs> so... Um, for the men in the Tuskegee study, the options for treatment aren't available to them. And Alslin and Wanamaker reported that the men were also discouraged to seek out medical treatment elsewhere. So oh. even when they wanted to go elsewhere, they weren't. And that's in addition to being denied proper treatment. And the worst example of this failure is when penicillin comes on the scene. Yeah. So penicillin gets discovered, and they found that it was especially helpful in treating syphilis. Hello. But the doctors were told not to provide that standard treatment. Unbelievable. So this is in the 40s and 50s. So the Ugh. study starts in 32, 40s and 50s, it's standard care, we give pe- penicillin. This lasted, remember, till 1972. Is there not one doctor? <laughs> with a, with like, a heart, with um, empathy. I really think, yeah. like, slipping them fucking penicillin. Come on. How does that not happen? I mean, it's... This in, is crazy. It's, it's, in, it's insane. So... Not only do they fail to give the penicillin, even though it was the standard of care, they were also violating a government mandate that required treatment of venereal disease, and that had come out like in the 60s. So they're violating all of this stuff. Wow. So now we fast forward to 1972. Out of the 600 men who started that study, recall 399 had syphilis. Nix reported that 28 men died of syphilis. Oh, my God. 100 more men died from complications (gasps) related to the disease. 
40 spouses contracted the disease from their husbands. Of course. And 19 babies were born with the disease as a result. Oh, my God. This is Can staggering. You, it's... it's Oh this my is God. incredible. So charges, sentencing, I oh, mean, racism, bitch. nothing happens. Nothing. So the aftermath. The study is often referred to in discussions about black people's relationship with the medical p- profession, right? It's no surprise um, that there would be distrust after this horrific yeah. thing. Yeah. Even today with COVID-19, even like you today, said, absolutely. there's a distrust. Um, this is not and even that a, has, like we need to do better. This is like the only time that, that people we, of color need, have been experimented yeah, on yeah. by the U.S. government. We need to do better. Mm. We need to do better. Like it's we have to build trust. It's it's this is horrible. 1974, a class action suit okay, against the government go. was filed. And the New York Times reported back then that the case was settled out of court. OK. For the following thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars for each syphilitic participant who was still alive fifteen thousand dollars for each non-syphilitic patient uh, participant who is still alive so the people who who were the, the control the non, group yes fifteen thousand for the estate of each deceased syphilitic participant and five thousand um to the estate of the deceased of the non-syphilitic we better start talking patients. millions well that's outrageous families also received access to what they called uh, the Participants Health Benefits Program, where they were like, we want to try to help you guys. Oh. <sighs> so Congress passes. years later. Yeah. The other aftermath, which is interesting, is the um, they passed what's called the National Research Act in 1974 to have institutional review boards, IRBs, to approve all studies that involve human subjects to ensure that no harm, either physically or psychologically, is happening to the subject. So now... That is a thing. Like you cannot just participate on humans without having an IRB that is made up of psychologists and other doctors, and they have to say, "Okay, we can approve you to do this study now," mm. um, which you know has some oversight. And then in May uh, May sixteenth, nineteen ninety seven, President Bill Clinton offered a formal presidential apology for the uh, to the men and the families of the Tuskegee study. And then a couple points of interest. How did this story get out? Like, how did anyone even know about the study? Journalism. Hi. A journalist with the Associated Press did an expose in 1972 on the study. Wow. So, again, this is why we need the First Amendment, yes. right? Yes. To call the government out on their bullshit when they do things like that, to keep leaders and government offices mm-hmm. and institutions accountable. Yeah. So, and then I wanted to share just a couple... Um, statements of testimony from families who suffered from this tragedy and this was published in 1997 in the new york times 25 years after the study made headlines so um albert jukes uh, whose father was a, a study participant said you get treated like lepers people think it's the scourge of the earth to have it in your family it was one of the worst atrocities ever reaped on people by the government you don't treat dogs that way mm. Another person, Carmen Head, whose grandfather, Freddie Lee Tyson, participated in the study, said, quote, I'm angry about it. Very, very angry about it. It's a painful issue in my family. Um, that Carmen Head's mother, whose father was a participant, um, Lily Head, she said, it was something to be ashamed of, so it wasn't talked about. We were really very disturbed after we found out my father was a part of it. Another person, a Martha... Uh, Jernigan said, quote, they thought we were animals, stupid, that we didn't know better. Times haven't changed when it comes to blacks. Wow. And then another person who um, was talking about his late wife's reaction to the study, 
um, and he was a part of it, Herman Shaw, and he says, uh, she was somewhat shocked, may I say, because it was a disease. It wasn't anything that we'd heard about and nobody seemed to know about. So they're just left in the dark. It's just terrible. So that's the story of how the Mm. U.S. Public Health Department mistreated and victimized over 400 black men and their families for 40 years. You know, that's incredible. It's disgusting. It is. And I just got to tell you, I, I could see it happening again right now. Like, I don't I see how we've changed at all. No, it's, I hate it's everything. It fucking pisses me off, but it's it also like, where's the change, though? Right. How do you build trust? You know how we build trust? We, we have to just keep electing, you know, uh, people of color. I, I gotta, I'm so over it. I'm so over elections. I want to hate everybody. Hey, you there. We've got a question for you. Are you tired of clickbait stories and the loudest voices driving discussions in culture and entertainment? If so, I'm Dylan. I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey. And we host the podcast From the Middle. We're middle-class guys living in the middle of America, in the middle chapters of our lives with points of view somewhere in the middle. We take a more reasonable and centrist approach in our discussions covering genres like comedy, culture, entertainment, and interviews with really interesting folks like business owners, comic creators, doctors, news anchors, New York Times best-selling illustrators, professional stand-up comics, and more. We really value a relaxed and conversational podcast, one that we hope is so fun and laid back, you'll forget you're not actually hanging out with us. So search at From the Mid Pod, just like it sounds, or check us out everywhere you can find podcasts. All right. Are we twins? Kind of. Ah, kind of. I'm going to tell you about Operation Sea Spray. What? I love the name. Me too. Sea Spray. Are we at the beach? Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Too. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was perfect. Okay. So before we start, I'm going to give you a little history of, uh, so this is how it's kind of similar, is the history of bio warfare against Americans <gasps> by the United States. So the Wait. government. No. Using chemicals yes no okay isn't that so it's kind of similar but not really similar because yours is more like a controlled like experiment yeah okay so in the senate subcommittee hearings in 1977 the army 1977 yes oh the army revealed the following so these are before i get into operation sea spray i'm going to give you a couple of examples of how so it seems like in the 50s the government and the army like the military they were they were very consumed with um if 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 another country throws a chemical bomb at us and right. like, like with with diseases how far will it spread what do we need to we how do we how are we going to be ready for that okay how far will it well, go right, right. how do we contain it you can't right, right. okay right it's very it's much airborne. a lot of this is very much like covid i feel well, like yeah as soon as I you was, see it hit it's like boom it yeah. like explodes everywhere and that's how a lot of this was so that's well, what a lot of the experiments were is like how many people would be affected if yeah. this disease hit? I, I saw th- this girl on like a TikTok or something was like, you know, people, if a gover- if other outside governments were wanting to infect us with, a, you know, chemical warfare or disease right. warfare, right. they would win because now they know none of you will be vaccinated or do anything. <laughs> yes. They're like, basically, yeah. you just gave a blueprint for yeah, us to just, all be destroyed. So thank you. Just go outside and take yeah. a deep breath. <laughs> 
fucking die. Oh, okay. my God. So between 1949 and 1969, open-air tests of biological agents were conducted 239 times. In 80 of those experiments, the Army said it used live bacteria <gasps> that its researchers at the time thought were harmless. What? In the others, it used inert chemicals to simulate bacteria. So in the 1950s, Army researchers dispersed Sarasia on Panama City and Key <gasps> West Florida with no known illnesses resulting, right? So they put this disease out there. Nothing happens. They were monitoring like nobody. But the was people don't know. Any- Does the oh, city no. of Key West No, even- honey. No, honey. This is unsuspecting. Yeah, no. I mean, because uh, what if I don't want to have some simulated well, bacteria in my lungs? That's too bad. Get, get away from uh, Hemingway's house. Yeah. Holy home. crap. I know. Uh, stop trying to listen to all those tunes down there, Tina. I know yeah. I can see you down there, Ooh. like, bumming out and hippie, being a hippie down there. Oh, I'll have to tell you some Key West stories. <laughs> oh, God. She showed me the cutest picture yesterday. I, we've got to put this on our Instagram. You're so adorable. Oh, my God. So That's in the it. 1950s, Army researchers dispersed zinc cad- cadmium sul- sulfide, um, which is a cancer-causing agent, over Minnesota and <gasps> other Midwestern, Midwestern states to see how far they would spread in the atmosphere. What? The particles were detected more than 1,000 miles away in New York State. <gasps> That's incredible. You probably also have to monitor, like, the wind, the wind yeah. and, like, the weather. Oh, God. Yeah, you got to get the meteorologist in there. Yeah. Ba- back, back, this is, hello, this is the episode where I'm going to mispronounce everything. Baclius globigy. Never, okay. never shown to be harmful to people, was released in San Francisco, New York, Washington, D.C., and along the Pennsylvania Turnpike, among other places. What? In New York, this, this is crazy to me. Listen to this. In New York, military researchers in 1966 spread Baclius subtilis variant Niger, also believed to be harmless, in the subway system. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is crazy, though. Hold on, I just lost my page. Where am I? Okay. In the subway system, by dropping light bulbs filled with the bacteria onto the tracks in stations in (gasps) midtown Manhattan. The bacteria were carried for miles throughout the subway system. Army officials concluded in January 1968, report that, quote, similar covert attacks with a pathogenic disease-causing agent during peak traffic periods could be expected to expose large numbers of people to infection and subsequent illness of death. So there was nothing. This, what, what was in the light bulbs wasn't. This anything. is freaking They just me wanted out. to see how far it would spread if another country right. did that. Right? I know, but aren't they giving other countries ideas now? Well, these reports all came out, you know, years yeah. later. But so in May 1965, <laughs> secret release of Bacillus globobigi again at Washington's National Airport and its Greyhound Lines bus terminal more than. 130 passengers were exposed to bacteria traveling to 39 Jesus. cities in seven states in the two weeks Why? following the mock Why? attack. Just to see like how far I it know, would go. But the, I don't like this. I th- but basically, don't you need to just do it once and be like, okay, we're fucked. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do. Or um, they put by the something time it else happens, s- but by the time it happens, you don't even know, right? Like, our government wouldn't even know if this shit was dropped by somebody. No. You wouldn't know. So by the time it hit, and there, it's in seven different fucking states already, yeah. like, you wouldn't even have any control over it anyway, right? Oh God. Does this get into, like, Vietnam and, like, the stuff no. that they were doing there? No. Okay. In July 2019, the House of Representatives told the Pentagon to disclose whether they had ever used ticks infected with Lyme disease in <gasps> similar exper- experiments between 1950 and 1975. Oh, so just so, like, do that. Just do that. still asking questions about, wow. yeah. Okay, so let's get into Operation Sea Spray. Oh, my God. So, Operation... This is making me have anxiety. (laughs) 
<laughs> Operation Sea Spray was a nineteen was a 1950 U.S. Navy secret biological warfare experiment in which Sarasha Marsikens and Bacillus globogi, I can't, bacteria, were sprayed over the San Francisco Bay <gasps> in California in order to determine how vulnerable a city like San Francisco may be in a bioweapon attack. So I looked up this in this um, Sarasha. Marquesians. So in humans, it can be it can cause an uh, an infection in several sites. So it includes urinary tract, respiratory tract, wounds. Like it'll get inside of a wound if oh you have a wound. God. Um, in the eye, <gasps> where it may cause conjunctivitis, keratitis. Uh, there's another one I can't pronounce. And tear duct infections. So uh, so it, like it a causes, nasty like pink eye. Yeah, but it causes yeah. infections. It's not like one of these things that like doesn't do anything. Yeah, this why is the a hell real would they thing. do that? Oh please. So from September 20th to the 27th in 1950, the U.S. Navy released the two types of bacteria from a ship off the shore of San Francisco, basically like blowing it in the wind like this. So believing them to be harmless to humans. Uh, Based on results from monitoring... Who's the scientist that decided that? Oh, please. (laughs) Bugs Bunny. Yeah. (laughs) Based on results from monitoring equipment at 43 locations around the city, the Army determined that San Francisco had received enough of a dose... For nearly all of the city's 800,000 <gasps> residents to inhale at least 5,000 of the particles. Holy, and that this is children. Every, uh, I mean, oh, who know? What about immunocompromised people? Masks. This oh is a fucking god. COVID bitch, right? Okay. Oh my god. So on October 11th, like two weeks later, 11 residents checked into Stanford Hospital for rare, serious urinary <gasps> tract infections. Oh no. And although 10 residents recovered, one patient, Edward J. Nevin, died three <gasps> weeks later. None of the other hospitals in the city reported similar spikes in cases, and all 11 victims had urinary tract infections following medical procedures, suggesting that the source of the infection was inside the hospital. Oh, now, this is how the army no. tries to spin it, right? Like, this isn't from us. They all went to the same hospital. They all had just had surgery, blah, blah, blah. blah. Oh this God. isn't our fault, right? But this guy died. Yeah, no, okay. no. Give no, me a break. No. And by the way, urinary tract infections are fucking painful. Oh, my God, they suck. Girl. God. Please, my vagina. Why don't listen? Why don't why don't they do the damn experiment on themselves? Go blow yeah. it on an army base yeah. somewhere. Just stand in front of the hose <laughs> and shove it in your fucking mouth. Okay. Um, uh, could you see that? Is that a new oh my shirt? God, that's a new t-shirt. <laughs> a, a, a navy guy with a big hose stuffing out of his mouth. Well, it can't be navy because what? Well, because my, my in-laws are Navy oh, folks. Right. My dad was my Navy. <gasps> oh, okay. You I guess that makes it okay. Oh, hey. hey. Uh, cases of pneumonia in San Francisco also increased after the Sarasha Marquesens was released through a casual relation has not been conclusively established. So people were also getting pneumonia all over the fucking oh, place. Oh, my God. Come on, man. The urinary tract outbreak was so unusual that the Stanford doctors wrote about it in a medical journal. Oh, my God. And there was God. no evidence. Because they're the trying Army- to figure out, like, what is this outbreak from? Yeah. And there's no evidence that the army had alerted health authorities before it blanketed the region with bacteria. Wow. <laughs> How about sending a fucking heads up to people? Yeah. How about that? Or at least the hospital's like, hey, yes, if exactly. you're seeing That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Doctors later wondered whether the experiment might be responsible for heart valve infections around the same time, as well as serious infections seen among intravenous drug users in the 1960s and 70s. Oh. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's right around that time, right? So they had some subcommittee hearings. Uh, in 1977, the U.S. Su- Senate Subcommittee on Health and Scientific Research held a series of hearings at, the, at which the U.S. Army disclosed the existence of these tests, the ones that I told you earlier. 
and army officials noted the pneumonia outbreak in their testimony but said any link to their experiments was totally coincidental oh come on what kind of science is that i don't know that's not science the army pointed out that no other victims reported similar outbreaks and all 11 victims had urinary tract infections following medical procedures suggesting that it's the hospital's fault it's not our fault right so they're just saying you can't prove it either way right so um, it's unbelievable. Finally, my story, my story is short and sweet, babe. Good. So finally, in 1981, the uh, Nevin's family, the person who oh passed God. away, he they filed a lawsuit against the federal government alleging uh, negligence and responsibility for the death of Edward J. Nevin, as well as financial and emotional harm caused to ne- Mr. Nevin's wife from me- for the medical costs. And um, the lower court ruled against them primarily because the bacteria used in the tents test was unproven to be responsible oh, for Mr. Come Nevin's on. death. And then the Nevin family appealed the suit all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, which declined to overturn <sighs> the lower court's judgment. So nothing was done. No one was this held responsible. This family. Yeah. This is, this, this thing, this kind of idea scares me. And it scares me more now with drones being everywhere. Ooh. Because I always think about that. Like a drone just like... And people so just someone, look at it. it yeah, head, if someone like, oh, flying no, a drone over 95. Yeah. And, and who knows what the hell they could put out. Oh, God, Tina. You know, like. Right through our air conditioning. Right? Air conditioning. I mean, they could do that. And there's so many different types of, of poisons. And Do you think the U.S. government has done this to other countries? Probably, yeah. right? I think so. Definitely. And I wonder if other countries have attempted to do anything here. Sure. Come on. Why not? And have we, like. You know, how do you even... People think that's what COVID is. I know. These wacky, you know, they think that China did this to us on purpose. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. That's what they say. Oh, my God. Listen, get get a vaccine then. Yeah. If you're so worried about it. Oh, please. It's ridiculous. I know. They don't know which way to go. They don't know which way to go. I mean... Because, uh, you know, uh, they also think it's the lizard people that... Um, oh, are I wish somehow there was lizard people in control. They would nothing would make me happier than to float in my pool, like with my eyes closed, and then open my eyes, and there's just a giant lizard person standing there. I'd be like, no, that "Thank would God, that, bitch, that take would, me. <laughs> that let's go, <laughs> let's go." This, I've got to tell you, the size of the iguanas around my pool, yeah. it feels like there's people living out there. The size of the shits they take next to my pool, it looks like a person lives. It's out there. too much. These iguanas. Oh my God, hosing shit down <laughs> around the pool. Forget about it. What oh my life. God, what a life. So we have an amazing guest coming on <gasps> live, alive live. in person. Ooh. I know. I think you guys are going to love this guest. Oh my God. So yeah. So he works at a local, I mean, it's not his full-time job, but he works at a local um, brewery. And so uh, last, yesterday after yeah. going home for the March, we stopped by to have a drink and so I uh, could introduce Tina to him and yes. we talked to him and he, so cool. He's, yeah. We, we're going to like, and the brewery's like, uh, like a really <gasps> chill, fucking amazing. Really invasive. chill. Oh, and it's got yes. like, Oh, I'm so glad that we brought this up. Yeah. So we were going to do this interview at laser wolf, yes. which is an incredible bar in Fort Lauderdale. It's run and owned by these guys that I went to school with. I've known them since we were kids, the Bellis brothers, Chris and Jordan Bellis. And so Chris is my age and we went to school together and he owns it. And so I'd been in there a couple of times since, and I wrote to him and I was like, I, and, and, and our guest used to work there years ago and he, now he works at their other brewery, yeah. which is called invasive species brewing. So good. And I'd never been I had to that the one. best drink there. Yeah. It was we had so the good. pink lemonade seltzer. Yeah. And I was buzzed, Ooh. but, uh, so our guest works there. And so he was excited to see us and I just wanted yeah. him to meet you so that we could get together today and like all be it's gonna be friends yes it's it's gonna 
I'm yeah. excited for so it. So it didn't work out at Laser Wolf, so he's going to be here, which is fine. And I told Chris, I'm like, it just didn't, it was going to happen, and it was scheduled, mixed up, and changed, so, which is totally fine. Yeah. And um, so I told Chris, I'm like, well, keep it open, because we could totally bring someone else there to do yes. a, a conversation. Yeah. That would be, awesome. be so much fun. I know. I also want to say that I got to see my um, make-believe husband slash boyfriend, Ted Deutsch, yesterday. <gasps> oh, yeah. At, um, at the... Uh, March. I, I, um, I, I was on the backside, so I could kind of, I could hear everything, but, um, I didn't catch a glimpse. Well, he's very cute and we are so, 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 so close to having him on the podcast. It's incredible how close we are. We are a hop, skip and a jump. And I have to tell you, get ready because it's going to be me declaring my love for 30 minutes. I know. You're I okay with that, right? I, it's you fine. You take the serious questions. And then when it's my turn to ask a question, I'm going to go, so like boxers are brief. <laughs> and like what side of the bed should I sleep on? Oh my God. Mm, hi. Crush. Super crush. Oh, somebody oh told God. me they had a crush on him. And I was like, oh, Barbara from League of Women Voters, when I was talking to her, she said, oh, oh he's my legislative crush. I said, um, uh, I, I seriously told her. No, you did <laughs> To back the fuck up. <laughs> She's she's an older woman. She's an older she? lady. Yes. That's fine. That's okay. I still will knock a bitch down. My son has been showing me how to do those hockey moves. Oh my god! And he's like, "Mom, this is how you check someone." And I was like, "Barbara, <laughs> back up." I, I, I tell you, I've never had so much fire in my oh eyes. Oh my before. god! He's my legislative crush. I was like, <laughs> "No." I said, "Me first. I went like this. I was like moving her aside. I'm like, get the fuck out of my oh way. Oh my god! I love I, it. I love him." So, um, yeah, yeah, 92. I hope this uh, sounds good. I'm yes, very worried. Me too. So me too, I apologize again. I, I want to throw this roadcaster in the dumpster. But um, we have so many Odd Pods family that I was reaching out to, and I was like, Dylan from uh, from the mid- in the middle, from the yes. middle. I was like, oh, my God, please help me. And he's like, here's our, our audio engineer guy. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to text this guy. I want to text him anyway because I want to find out about the Zoom audio yes. stuff. So we got to yeah, work that we out. we have to work that out because I think it will be fun for us to move to well, yeah, Zoom. and also because I want to see yeah. Ted Deutsch's face. Yes. You, you understand how important that is, that no, he no, looks in my yes. eyes when oh. I declare my love for him. And we can't do a lot. Oh, we'll talk about that later. No, yeah, we'll talk about that. <gasps> oh, bye, bitch. See bye. you next week. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you.